0: Amna Mawaz Khan, born and raised in Islamabad, Pakistan, she pursues dance and political activism as part of her life. Having trained since the age of 11 years under Indu Mehta in Bharatanatyam, she has also learned and explored Kathak, Udeshankar form of dance and Pakistani folk dances. Amna is a part of the left-wing political party, Awami Workers' Party and also Women's Democratic Front. She has been active in and organized movements for housing rights, the women's movement as well as indigenous people's struggles, environmental issues, students, peasants, transgenders and persecuted religious and ethnic groups. A strong believer in art being a powerful tool of social change, Amna is also a part of the progressive art collective Lal Hartal, and often works with the Pakistan National Council of the Arts, Kuch Khas and Theatre Wale in their creative productions. She is currently mentoring with Bharatanatyam Guru, Subhashini Ganesan. In 2015, she was part of the only women-led electoral panel in Islamabad's first local government elections.
1: So tell me, how are you in these times? How, how are you really?
2: Hmm. So I, uh, me and my partner, we moved up to a place in the hills, so it's a uh, it's fascinating also and it kind of it's a privilege to be in so much space but it's also daunting because it has its own sets of fears I mean nature is very overwhelming sometimes and then of course I miss
1: people a lot so it's been interesting (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. what is movement for you and not just for you personally but when we see humans feel this need to move all the time, whether it's with their body, with whether it's from one place to another. For you, why is that? Why do you move? Why do I move? Huh? Good point.
2: I think it's the context also. Uh, I've never been like a naturally gifted dancer. I've always been kind of square with my movement. And I think that There's movement, like you say, in everything, in every being, even animals are constantly dancing, the trees are dancing. And I think here uh, in Pakistan, it's so, it's so hard to move as a woman in public. And I think that was the main thing that kind of made me think, okay, this is why I want to move because movement is not only what it is shown by the fanatics or by the, you know, just that it's been perceived that a woman herself is impure and then when she moves, she's even more impure. So to change that narrative, but not only as a resistance, but also to show that there is imaginative, creative, uh, I mean, ideas and uh, intentions. Perhaps that's why I want to move.
1: That's amazing how did this realization start for you when did you realize that you wanted to move um, for this purpose because I think that's that's a huge thing that you do I think it's uh, you, you make a statement also through your movement and it's a very powerful one you know and uh, when did you feel that you needed to do that
2: um, in the beginning when I was learning as a child I was all, almost a little bit insecure that i'm learning a classical style and that part of a very privileged few number of girls in our class who were allowed to do this but it was after i think um, let's say the lawyers movement when i got a bit politicized and i got a lot of criticism from people in the left also saying that oh classical nuns that's very elitist but then i thought okay let's break that down the fact that a woman is dancing is in itself a bit—it's—it's it's challenging to the the whole idea of what a good woman is. So it was around like my late teens when I thought, "Hey, this could be a good way of of doing politics," but it's vague, and it's always gonna be
1: vague, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's very interesting because. Uh, mm- I think the only other person I know in Pakistan was my teacher, Shima ji, who, who sort of went in this way as well, um, doing with theatres, street theatres, doing performances like that. How has that changed your perception of your body and your movement?
0: Uh, dancing
1: in front of all these um, you know, people or um, also teaching them just you know being around them how has that changed for you for yourself? It's, it's limiting
2: also because mm-hmm. one has to think oh yeah you know it might not be perceived in the right way so mm-hmm. even recently was the first time I danced in sleeveless mm-hmm. and I, I kept telling myself it's okay it's an all women's audience. But even that the fact that the body is already feeling 10 things before you have to perform, it's really limiting. So it's really uh, paradoxical in a way or let's say contradictory is a better word. It's like you want to show and you want to use your body to express, but then you have 10 things going on in your head. Is my stomach showing? If so, the body is so highly mm, closed up and so policed here Hmm. that it's It's
1: hard. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. I think, um, it you must have, uh, you must be limited in terms of your body, but also in terms of being, you know, in terms of the concepts that you dance about, or in terms of Mm -hmm. the way you dance, and perhaps you often have to do things that are that you think will be good for the audience, right? Mm -hmm. Or are you able to like experiment with the ideas that you have?
2: For for a long time, especially with the street theater also, it was very limited. And I think last year I kind of just said, why, why not? Why, why am I taking the audience to be so, you know, one dimensional? I'm sure things hit them in certain ways. And, uh, I still haven't been able to perform as much as I would like to or whatever, but uh, even create those pieces. But I've been thinking of certain parts, like especially female sexuality. Now I'm getting into it more and I'm getting less hindered. I'm less hindered about performing Uh stuff like that. Uh So now maybe now that I'm older, I'm kind of able to trans, trans, how's the word transverse through it Uh better. Yeah, but yeah, slow process.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. <clears throat> and do you think that um, this has made a difference to the people that you've danced for, danced in front of? Has anyone ever come up to you said something? I would love to know um, good things, bad things, like, and, and I'm talking about not social media people, but the yeah, people so physically right. in front of you. What do they
2: come and tell you? What are their ideas about this So, in front of them? The funniest one was in Hyderabad. Once I was performing and again, for an all women's thing, and it was a small little thing. And the girl said, Oh yeah, this is the first time I've seen dance to be used as a political tool. And, you know, I'd love to do it. Unfortunately, I'm not from the Kanjar class. So she was very earnestly saying that I, I wish I could, but I'm not low class, so yeah. I can't. <laughs> I, and it was a bit like what? Uh, but <laughs> and the second woman uh, once she's I mean I've come across a few very interesting middle class older ladies who've never seen dance before, and they've kept been kept away from it or they've never seen it because there's such so less of it. And it's very interesting seeing how they see it or when they come and say, you know, this is the first time I've seen dance live. Hmm. And just that kind of stuns me. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like how
1: is it? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of place do we live in? It's like two different parts in Pakistan Mm. and it's like okay and that one jet that's a lot about arts and performing arts it's also very limited Mm. Um, you know if it's classical it's very traditional if it's something else then it's Bollywood. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. The only modern dance people know in Pakistan uh, is Bollywood I think. Bollywood yeah
2: (laughs) that must be hard for you especially you
1: know like it's yeah yeah because especially like when it's about um, going on to a music video shoot or something. People ask, uh, um, like this musician was like, uh, oh, so, would um, you, I show the Indian you know, they bring contemporary to Bollywood songs as well, sometimes. Um, and um, And the thing is, the kind of contemporary that I do is not like the technical contemporary also. You know, what I do is really just the knowledge that I've learned, like the knowledge of the body that I have from here and there and I try to put that together uh, because I want to do what I connect with Um, but but, but yeah, I mean for for people it's really hard to understand and I think us as Pakistani dancers have to be very patient sometimes. No?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially when they think they always call Bharatanatyam Kathak. I know someone I know. has once said for some PTV recording, okay, uh-huh. uh-huh. you Muslim dress penke kare <laughs> 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 it's uh,
1: this is this is another thing I want to really uh, I've been thinking about uh, this whole thing uh, because even in Kathak there is a Muslim group and then there is a Hindu group you know, mm-hmm. you know, there is a Salami which uh, um, Muslim Katha dancers in mm-hmm. India, I think it's a little more mixed obviously but then mm-hmm. the Hindus will uh, yeah, present that kind of uh, Namaskar to uh, their gods and goddesses mm-hmm. um, so I think in Katha, I think that's the only uh, dance form jisne um etna tha and that's why Muslim mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, I don't know I, I want to know more about this, but um, I think us confusion ki any other thing that happens in Pakistan. Um mm-hmm. because a young country well it's not like we've always had what we've had. I mean now we're starting to create what might be just Pakistani. I'm not saying in terms of dance only but other things as well but yeah it's quite uh strange that thing no yeah
2: about exactly movement. and i think it's also adding to the young factor the total erasure or just mm. ignoring being blind to the the history that was here before yeah. and it, that could also be seen as pakistani but it's just a total rejection yeah total yeah. And that makes us even more confused as a nation. Okay, bhai? Absolutely. Yeah. It's oldest uh, civilizations are here and exactly. there's a complete ignorance yeah. of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So sad. In your real life, do you really feel that, you know, you're always so connected with your body and you're always feeling great about it and you feel okay about the way you are or does the society affect you as well? <laughs>
2: definitely affects and uh, like my body is like a yo-yo also so I'm never one kind of in one physique or anything and I've had lots of consciousness always conscious about my skin and acne and blah 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 and all of it there's always been this huge thing about people is even when I've come off stage one auntie I remember said hi <laughs> you <laughs> Okay, (laughs) but yeah, there's, you know, this whole thing on what beauty is and what the perfect dance physique is. I'm always being told I'm too short to be a dancer. Many ustads have also said this to me, I'm too too short. And and then, uh, what was the point? Sorry, I forgot one point I had to say. Huh, after the baby basically after the baby I, I knew that my body would just need time I, I, I follow many dancers on Instagram and I know that there is this desire to get back as soon as possible and you know there's these whole challenges and all but I just said listen while I'm feeding and while I'm hungry I don't I'm gonna give myself some time so I gave myself a very long time <laughs> a year but then it's slowly, it, I think the body has a thing of healing itself and knowing itself also. Yeah. So the, that whole thing about body shame that is so on top of us. If we just kind of try and remember, okay, my body knows better yeah. than what people are saying. So I, I think then things yeah. feel better.
1: I'm so glad that you gave yourself time and didn't give in to... The pressure of because social media does come with a lot of pressure like we were speaking so, about it the other day also yeah. you know this constant like everything is great you know it's okay if you are yeah. dancer and you have a baby yeah. and you get back to it like this <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hard, yeah. no yeah it's and what is beauty to you and also in your dance what is aesthetic and beauty to you do you Do you feel it's very important? Do you feel it's the only thing that's uh, the first factor for people um, to feel attracted to art? And of course, especially our audience. What do you feel about beauty and aesthetic in real life and uh, for yourself, in your work, in your dance? I think like
2: here, it's like beauty, a beautiful dancer, of course, is that aesthetic also of a good looking or finely made up and very heavily adorned and then also very fast. And because I think there's a whole Kathak uh, element of doing chakras and showing that they and showing all of that, so yeah. that's, that element is really there. So when I started exploring Chandralekha's work, I saw that speed and you know, that whole idea of what is the perfect dance or the perfect movement. It all changed uh, in my mind. And also, I mean, I took a course in, in this uh, place called Laban and over there, it's also very strict in, in its teaching about what the perfect line is. And everything is kind of rooted heavily in ballet and Western contemporary. So I came back feeling really confused about what is going on. And, and then, I mean, also seeing your work, I think your work, I really like because it's beautiful for me because you do it in truth. So you're doing it with that intention. For me also, it's a similar thing that whether it's good or bad or whatever people think, as long as one is giving that intention of, this is what is, it is, that's it. Like there's no higher, maybe sometimes there's a higher meaning to it or there is a story, but as long as, the person is even in acting I think in street theater especially it's like if you're doing it with that niyat huh. that's beautiful for me huh. and often it doesn't happen often uh, there's just a split second if there's like a live performance and something just distracts me I lose it huh. or, and then I'll find it again within the, <laughs> so I don't know I mean beauty I, it has a lot to do with intention So, even if you're doing something ugly, like a pose that's kind of
1: deformed, if it's done with that intention, it's beautiful. So, you kind of connect life and politics with each other. When I felt that pressure of, um, you know, and and I think I've always been a little away from politics and it's only now that I start to bring myself to it because I think I, I stayed with that all my life through Shimaji, through my parents. You know, and for me, it was like, okay, give me a break. <laughs> I, I don't want to like, um, um, always mm-hmm. think about that. And I want to yeah. go with another intention. Um, mm. But recently, and now I've been thinking about that. And recently I watched one of your um, live things on Facebook, where you said it was, um, you can't separate these things. And I thought, yeah, she's right. You can't separate it. Mm-hmm. It, it is that because it, it is who we are
2: also at the end of the day, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think that also the, the politics in itself, it, it speaks in different ways to different people. Mm-hmm. And especially, mm-hmm. I mean, I come from a very strangely apolitical family. Uh, <laughs> and I think it was in those years of rebelling, it also came out as bad, Maybe and then it's constantly re, um, re, uh, for, re, coming in new forms the how to do politics how to see politically or organize politically so i think when one has those figures no matter how amazing they are there is uh-huh. an aversion ke, Bhai, i want my own way of understanding it uh-huh. like my sisters they all went to art school and i refused even though i liked Visual art. Now I'm re-learning uh, how to paint and all, but I kept it away from me because I said this is not me. <laughs> but then it's yeah. interesting how now we see things differently with, yeah. with time and experience.
1: Yeah. So, what what do you want to um, explore more with your your body and with your art? What are you really interested in? And if you would do it, would you do it 100% being where you are? Or would you let the limitations come into it?
2: Yeah, I, I've been going through a lot of these questions and I, I think I'm at that crossroads right now where I'm thinking, you know, there's a limit to how much one can do here, of course. And, and also what one can do here politically and artistically and one can do anywhere but i'm just thinking uh, in terms i would like in terms of dance to explore more through i don't know why but more through videography Uh, but with that i would like to do stuff like filmmaking and movement i don't know how to do it so i'm thinking about it in different ways and i would like uh, to produce more of that stuff that would kind of have a larger impact uh, and then I would also where I'm staying right now, there's lots of little children, but they come from very conservative families and none of them know that I dance. I told one person that I dance and after that, that person never met me. So (laughs) it's a very uh, highly conservative space here. So I would like to teach here. And and not only teach but also just let children dance and enjoy themselves. Because they do, you know, even if they come from very strict families, they will be moving if they like something, like babies start dancing. So I don't know. I, I mean they've I've started a kind of informal setup here where they come and they read and they play, but now I want to after getting their <laughs> confidence, I want to start teaching or start dancing with them. Just putting some local music on and just oh. playing around and maybe i don't know it depends how how much i can stay here because uh, i do think that and many people tell me okay if you do want to pursue dance for the rest of your life you should kind of try and be in a place where the level is higher you know where oh. the like oh. just say you right like oh. you're able to challenge yourself. You're able yeah, to get an yeah. environment where you're learning dance as a, yeah. as a science almost, which yeah. it is. Um, yeah. So I'm really confused basically.
1: <laughs> but, but no, it's uh, it's true. I think for me, one of the biggest things was also that I couldn't challenge myself and I needed more challenge because I, I mean, people will tell us in Pakistan, oh, you're amazing. You're a brilliant dancer. But uh, we know that we need to grow more and more. I mean, you know, the moment you are at one level and you stay with that for a year or two, Mm -hmm. then there's something more to that. I, unfortunately, I feel people just stay in those molds.
2: Well, it's like a quick mix then. Okay, Okay. This dance worked well. Let me just add a little bit more and I make a new dance. Like there's the exploration and the breaking down uh, is not here. It's, it, the standard is not here. It's just, I want to get lots of tallies. I want to be very fast. I want the most fabulous outfit. I'm not trying to kind of
1: uh, no, put no.
2: anyone down, but
1: that is the culture. here. That is, yeah. But I really liked what you said earlier. You said that um, you thought that maybe you should sometimes uh, give that different exposure to your audience too sometimes. And I think this is another thing, Amna, that Pakistani dancers, musicians don't do. They don't want to experiment. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you do that because we always think, oh, they wouldn't understand that. So why, Mm -hmm. you know, give them something different? But if we don't give them that exposure, how will they ever understand? I mean, it's kind of depending that responsibility lies with us, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Of... No. The
2: worst one can get is bad press also <laughs> and then of course people saying oh ye fahash hai which is often what one gets as an answer. Yeah, I remember yeah. ek tafha, there was this Urdu newspaper with like a full and I was I wasn't naked obviously I was in <laughs> clothes and I was in a shalwar kameez and it said bada bada ki So really insane, and they they and that's I think some people get scared of that also. But also I feel there's such a vague understanding of art uh, as being against religion or for religion, and there's such a heavy of this whole kufar thing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I've had friends who are musicians asking me, "Oh, Amna, do you still want to do this piece? It's Ramzan." and the piece is totally fine and i'm like it's totally fine i am just going to like we're just performing it and it's even it's not like we're doing something that's so-called vulgar even it's just that it was a random though even people who are in the arts often confuse their values it's strange and it's sad because here
1: everything is so mixed up you know, I, 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 I don't know, I might be wrong, but recently I, I started reading up on this and I, I heard, uh, I read that um, in, in the Mughal time, uh, because uh, the kind of dance that was happening was uh, to please gods and goddesses <coughs> in what was India um, and after that, when the Mughals came, um, the Muslims were known to have it for their entertainment, okay? so for them it was like you dance for us to entertain us for the men and that's mm. what for some people it became Fahash it became this thing of why would you you know do that and dance is all about sexuality and all of that mm-hmm. um, and I, <clears throat> I'm thinking now that maybe it's really coming from there you know our idea of entertainment is also this at the end of the day, maybe not mm-hmm. us personally mm-hmm. but as a Pakistani nation we think either there should be none of that because uh, mm. you're trying to seduce someone or if there is, we must have fun, you know, just shut up and mm. dance. don't yeah, <laughs> don't, uh, activism I... all of those things, don't you think that like the way we look at entertainment is that too
2: It's. I think we're a highly frustrated country uh-huh. in terms of in terms of any kind of production, whether it's artistic or knowledge production. If you hear these uh, uh, these sermons by some clerics, jo, uh-huh. they're so obsessed, they're obsessed with women, they're obsessed with how yeah. dirty women are.
1: Yeah. They literally
2: yeah. say, Mali kucheli or." And then it's Uh, so confusing because it's definitely not religious. It's definitely the opposite of what Islam actually says about women and uh, what it says about the status of women. And so there's this weird mutated idea and it's so deeply rooted in the patriarchy that one, and and it's unfortunately uh, replicated by, and strengthened by women themselves. Uh, So uh. often, I mean, even the dance, dancers are seen as it's so interesting that I don't know the women who I have uh, been in touch with who are not from uh, you know privileged background they love dance they love to sing you know but there's always a guilt with it because just as a being a woman as a being is is so filled and so loaded with shame that just dancing, like you say, and it's historically and now just become this thing of entertainment. Whereas it used to be devotion. And the question is can it be in between those two things? Um, huh. Super loaded place.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm thinking about the shame and the guilt. And I think um, women definitely carry it a lot. And I see that. Men who want to dance also come with a lot of shame and guilt, no? Exactly. What's you experience with uh, such they men? They also whatsoever?
2: are affected by this. Yeah, a lot of men, I mean, when I worked in PNCA, a lot of them come from backgrounds where they, they can't say even that they're dancers. So they write on their, their organization card that they're puppeteers or they're visual artists. They won't say they're dancers. And often, of course, there's men like a very good dancer, you might know him, but I won't name him in case it's family or whatever, but Khairwo, he um, could never uh, tell his family that he's a dancer and, you know, he was also not straight and he, you know, this whole idea of being namard wow. and then linking that to being a dancer. And I've often heard some uh, Pakistani male dancers who are the top. Dancers saying, to koi, pe koi ki karta hai nahi hai. and you hear this from a lot of Ustads yeah. who are just so so messed up in their idea of gender. Okay, this is male, this is female, and then often kind of justifying also kathak as a dance, including some female ustad saying, Kathak is a warrior's dance, look at the pose, you know. The so, why do you need to why do you need to add so much of that into it? Oh. There's such a hyper gendering within the dancer community itself. Uh, uh, she moves like a man or he moves like a woman and it's like that's what dance is doing. It's beyond that. It's trying to break all those things.
1: But, Absolutely. And there is no gender with that. That's what yeah. we're doing with our bodies. That's what we're trying to do to explore other you know, ways of being um, not just as human beings but even like uh, finding the creature within us, finding uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's it's a body which can do so much. Our bodies can mm-hmm. do so much, and um, so much. it's true that when people like our start say that um, we feel, you know, mm. we feel that we're not good enough, and then that whole cycle starts again. So, hamara mm-hmm. dance ki dunya mein aane ka koi except that okay you become a little fit but that's not what you're looking for you know you could become, <laughs> you become a I little one.
2: star or something you yeah. know then it just becomes that exactly. that I want to go to the beach if I want to to the beach group dance I want you know in this yeah. come on
1: and this constant this is replicating
2: this whole
1: yes yes and this constant competition of, you know, like people comparing the two of us all the time, you know, oh, the only two Bharatanatyam young dancers in Pakistan um, and who's prettier and who's a better dancer and better. It's, um, it's very hurtful, you and I didn't even know each other properly before that but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so glad we could just not yeah. think about it and I'm so
2: glad yeah because so many people get stuck in that I think that yeah. the people love and like the earlier generation they all have issues with each other all of yeah. them have issues just the fact yeah. that you and I can talk so, with each other blessing, and be yeah. friendly and want to yeah. do things together that's something that people don't want no it's
1: like what's the point yeah because mm. the whole purpose of being able to involve yourself physically emotionally in something is to do something more meaningful or just go deeper into something right not be in this thing girl. yeah yeah
2: and often i get criticized by my ustad that why do collaboration especially with non-artists and for me it's like that's the point <laughs> Yeah, I guess. but then she's right also she says your practice in itself gets a bit you know you're you're losing your own time and you're not developing your own so it's always a give and take huh, but huh. it's also your priority i think it's like the reason why there is art is to connect yes. it's not for
1: yeah. Look how great I mean, my
2: Aramandi is. Like that's like, <laughs> <laughs> But to be able to balance it, huh? That yeah. would
1: be great. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the fear is of making mistakes. Hmm. And I think we should not be afraid of making mistakes, even as performing artists or as dancers who are like you know, for, for some people were like sacred beings and were this these people that oh, they're perfect. But you know, one has to allow themselves to make mistakes. If, if, even if you collaborate, you are exploring what is your way of expression, right? You are, Bharatanatyam is a language that we know. It's a language. We just, we have the vocabulary. We want to go further into it. We go further into it. But then I think we, we choose what other languages do you want to speak this mm-hmm. way I don't know I started to look at it in this way what do you feel about that I I till um, till last week actually
2: I was very in this way ke thinking ke, bhai, how can I go further you know like I did start learning with Indumitra when she had just turned let's say 70 and told mm-hmm. she's amazing but of course like when She herself says that, you know, there are many things that I have not been able to do with you because of time, because of including my own problem of, you know, being a teenager and sometimes just saying, skip so Mm -hmm. I didn't give it that kind of time. And just last week I've started online that's the good thing about Corona is kids have people to reach out to each other Yeah. but uh, there's this really interesting dancer uh, Subhashini and uh, she's based in America and she wants to kind of re-explore or, or disentangle the whole mythological and there's such a big uh, clout of Kalakshetra within Bharatanatyam that yes. you know even the very expressions are kind of Taught like photocopies. Okay, this is how yeah. your rasa should look right? So wow. she's very interesting, and I'm kind of wow. trying to unlearn certain things with her also. And she's very so she's very inspiring in that way that she, like you're saying, okay, this is a language that can be explored in whatever way.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we've always been taught it's like mathematics. You have to be a certain way. Like you, you can't question what's beyond mm-hmm. that, and I, I I think we should be allowed to go beyond that and see what it is you know mm-hmm. but I know yeah. that can offend some people too but uh, I think it's time for what Subhash <laughs> is doing for example or, or what you're thinking. Yeah. what you're doing huh? what I'm doing also <laughs> yeah I, I said think. and what you're doing yeah, yeah in some Love way it. yes so my last question to you is what have you managed to discover yourself through all these years of your movement practice and all the things that you've done within your movement practice, collaborations of you know, either doing it through
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, politics or through working with non-artists and anything that you've discovered about yourself as a person? Um, I think
2: just one thing has stood out to me is that every single person has this ability of creativity and and it's so powerful and uh, I don't think that I'm brilliant in terms of what I can do but I think that I can at least with my art try and bridge people in a way that that makes them feel that they can also create and and create not only just anything, but create something that is part of an imagination of what the world could be and can be. Um, It's hard and it's really vague, but it's a lifetime thing. I think that when one knows that, okay, I'm not perfect, nobody is. and, And with a certain language or with a certain kind of set of principles, you can keep, Reinnovating, you can keep breaking yourself and creating, and I think that's the beauty of, of being a human being
1: and
0: yeah.
2: uh, not a rock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. Thank you so much, Amna, for sharing everything. That Thank you. you.
2: <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah,
1: same here. And I
2: hope to collaborate soon with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're working <laughs> on that. Time, Uh, we are
0: working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the podcast, When We Move. Stay updated with more interesting conversations coming up with a different guest every Friday. To watch or hear previous episodes, click on the link given in the description. Till then, stay safe.